right, Sam Marie? Honor and glory of God and the birthday of Sam Marie Smith. Would you like to stand, please? George, would you like to help my wife? Thank you. You may be seated and let us continue in worship as we turn in our purple hymnals hymn to 344, Lord, you have come to the lakeside. What appropriate hymn as we study the scriptures of Jesus and, and fishing in the seashores.
Shall we go to the Lord in prayer? Father, we just want to thank you this morning for the tremendous opportunities to reach people by way of television and radio and Facebook and other means. We thank, we thank you, Lord, that we're, we're high in quality but low in quantity and we're running out of those individuals that can facilitate and make possible the transmission of your word. We consider it a real honor and a privilege for those who make it possible for the television broadcasts and radio and Facebook. We, we thank you, Father, that you're present with us today. You promise us in your word that wherever two or three are gathered together in your name, you are present. We thank you for the safe return, Joe and Jeannie, as they travel many miles. We pray for Gary and Kathy, as we just found out there in Dickinson. And we pray that you would allow them a blessed time of renewal. Be with their family, Mike and his wife and his children, and grant them traveling mercies as they travel home this coming week. We thank you, Father, for those who are with us. We thank you, Father, for those who have traveled many miles to be with us this day. We, we thank you for Shar and her celebration of her new licensing and as a psychotherapist and marriage and family counselor in the state of Minnesota. We thank you for Reverend George Groves, who so faithfully comes to our Eight Ways Gateways group and makes such tremendous contributions. We thank you, Father, for the other Eight Ways Gateways groups, those who are going into retirement and those who are coming into their churches. We pray that there would be a successful match between those who are leaving and those who are coming in. We thank you, Father, among the chaos and turmoils of our current administration and, and so difficult times that we're living in. And we love the strangers. We pray, Father, that for our borders, that they may be managed, that the correct response of those who travel. We, we pray, Father, for the buildup in Ukraine. As I did the service for Pastor Bruce Conan from Pilgrim United Methodist, as he married a Ukrainian lady, we, and she's in tremendous concern over the tremendous buildup that's occurring. Lebo, as Lebo worries about her family and her friends and in Ukraine and, and the Russian buildup and the uncertainty of where the United States stands in this whole ordeal as we're experiencing devastating cutbacks in the military. We pray for the situation in Taiwan and China and the tremendous misunderstandings. We pray for our military personnel and, and I especially pray for those who are members of my family that are on a form of alert status. It's very close to my heart and concerns. We pray for so many impending situations that are occurring in the United States as we see the debilitating destruction of the morale and for all lives, all lives are truly matter in the face of God. We pray, Father, that you would give us discernment in the times that we live in. 
We thank you for the privilege of Advent season and the excitement of, of decorating our church and we have such a lovely church and we have such a lovely organ and organist and members. We thank you, Father, for the privilege of being able to convey and share these messages of hope and love to a, to a tremendously chaotic and distressed country and land that we live in. Help us to step up, Lord, and help us to fill in the place of those who seem to be kind of worn out. And we, we pray, Father, that you would grant us the leading of your Holy Spirit as we pray the prayer that you've taught your followers to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture lesson, before Mike comes, and Mike may want to make his way up at this time, scripture lesson is taken from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Very powerful passage of scripture that reminds us of the miraculous work of God and how Jesus was calling his disciples and how he, how he calls you and I into this work that we are about. Reading now from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 and following. We also find this scripture in Matthew chapter 4 and Luke, Luke 5 and in Mark 1. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, I, Chris and I had communion there, and the crowd was pressing in on Jesus, pressing on, on Jesus to hear the word of God. And Jesus saw two boats. Imagine, picture it with me. Jesus sees these two boats. One is Ed's, one is Joe's. I don't know. Ed, you have a boat, don't you? Or did you used to have a boat? You still have a boat. But in a boat, he sees these two boats were at the shore of the lake. And the fishermen had gone out of them and they were washing their nets. Jesus got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. This was Simon Peter, and he asked him to put out a little away from the shore. Then Jesus sat down and he, he taught the crowds, taught the crowds from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked all night, we've worked all night, night long, but have caught nothing, not a one. Yet, yet if you say so, if you say so, Jesus, I will let down the nets again. And when they had done this, they caught so many, so many fish that their nets were breaking beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. Can you imagine it? Catch? And then they came and they filled both boats. 
Keep in mind, if you're listening by way of television, we do have some DNR agents that there wasn't a limit at that time. And they came and they filled both boats so that they began to sink. Currently, that would probably be over your limit in the state of Minnesota. But when Simon Peter saw it, imagine him. Simon Peter saw it. He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, go away. Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, as Jesus says to you and I today, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. And that's our marching orders. We're catching people. And when they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and they what? They followed Jesus. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word as Jesus calls you and I. Thank you. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Um, we have to understand that despite them being out on the lake all day fishing, they came back with nothing. And they were cleaning their nets. And the Lord walked by and said, get ready, let's go back underway and fish. <laughs> These were people that had failed all day at this. And they didn't protest or anything, but what they did is they got back on their boat, they went underway, and the Lord said, lower the nets. I could just picture them looking at you like, is he crazy? Like this is going to work? It didn't work all day. It's not going to work this one more time. But when they hauled the nets up, they were absolutely full of fish. So full that the fish almost sank. That should be a lesson for all of us. When the Lord tells us to do something, or we feel like we're being prompted to do something, what we should not do is say, nah, that'll be embarrassing, or no, that'll never work. We have that thing in up our head that always reminds us of failure. I got news for you. If Jesus is telling you to do it, it's not gonna fail. When we succeed in our earthly endeavors, we should never separate our earthly going about things from our heavenly things. When I'm at work and I see something good, I thank God. When I'm at home and I see something fail, which is too often, <laughs> I, I, pray, I pray to God that it'll work next time. Never separate yourself from God. This might help you. When I go about my daily business, like say while I'm driving at work, or at home, it doesn't matter. I'm always talking to God up here. That's a constant communication. That's what the Bible tells us to do. In verse 11, Peter left his business to follow Jesus, catching men, not fish. Jesus' words in verse 10 are key to our understanding in applying this story. Do not fear. From now on, you will be catching men. The word catch literally is translated means capture alive. When he said you're gonna fish for men, he meant you're gonna 
he said you're going to capture men alive. We must not, when we're trusting God and going about our business and doing the crazy things he tells us to do, we shouldn't think, oh, that'll never work out. Like I said, or that ain't going to work. That is not the deal. When God tells you something, you're obligated to do it, and you should do it, because it will be successful. Maybe not on your level. You may not see the results of your kind word, your the doll you gave, or even the time you, you slowed down and let somebody get in your lane. You may not ever see the results, but you know what? God does. God expects it, and God enjoys the service that you did for him by doing what you've done. And God's victory is ours. Why? Because we're one. We're not, we're not separate from God. He's not a million light years away in heaven, and we're down here on the little rusting earth. That is not the deal. He's inside of us. He said we are one. He's within us. So everything you say, everything you do, everywhere you go, it's going to be one more opportunity to not only glorify him, but to share his word and to do his work. Don't cut yourself short. Don't think, oh, that will never work. No, if God prompts you to do it, do it and accept the results. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. And as I mentioned earlier, Mike and Tina have been taking some real falls and then and, um, keep them in your thoughts and minds, you know, that stability and being able to walk and get around and you need that for work and play and everything. We have in these verses the history, a history lesson, a lesson from Jesus, what called the miraculous. It's a miraculous draught of fish. Sometimes we underestimate this draught of fish. I want to mention that some of you had requested the previous outline from previous week. Um, we put that in the bulletin, but then also the outline, if you want to follow along in the outline, because it's, it kind of stimulates your memory, it's on the back of the page of insert. Insert and kind of just fill in the lines here. When I first began to preach some 50 years ago, I always would put the outlines to my sermon in a bulletin, and I just recently brought that back, and people appreciated that. And if you're viewing way, by way of television or radio and would like to get a bulletin, we send out a number of bulletins each week. And if you can help us out with postage, we just recently ran out of um, stamps. We've been using our personal postage to send the, those bulletins out, but there's on the back side of the letter, the Minnesota Wesleyan, Wesleyan um, letter invitation sent out by, um, by our coordinator, Wes, Pastor Wes, who pastors at Osseo, he's kind of the coordinator for the state of Minnesota. And this evening, notice a, a means of getting on, getting on this presentation and asking any questions. And the link is provided, the Zoom meeting link is provided, and you'll want to join and try to find the 
the most recent news that's going on in the United Methodist Church. I try to bring you somewhat, but I mean, I can only bring you kind of a sliver of what's been going on in the Methodist Church and many other churches. And you want to kind of zoom in tonight and join us and ask any questions. I think that letter is pretty, Chris put this in the bulletin as a bulletin insert and it's kind of revealing to what's, what's going on. And, and then there's a, the letter, this Reverend Keith Boyette, he's an attorney. He's also an attorney in the United Methodist Minister. And he's kind of helping us maneuver through the great breakup that's occurring in the Methodist Church. The breakaway of the liberal church and in, in the conservative church. Then you find daily prayer points in scripture for reflection. And Sunday is to give thanks for the purposes of God. Pray for revelation of how those purposes are being realized in our present circumstances. So we have a monumental task going on in the Methodist Church, and, and we're, we're at the point of trying to decide on the evaluation of churches and, and publishing houses and seminaries and nursing homes. I mean, the list goes on. I could go give you a complete message on just the magnitude, the magnitude of what we're considering in United Methodist Church, we're not only talking about local assets and who has trustee responsibilities of local assets and who's going to derive all these assets, you know. Is it just going to be flittered away or is it going to be within our localized hands? You're talking about millions, probably close to billions of dollars throughout the world in United Methodist assets. And whether they go the global Methodist church, which would be similar to the Westland and the former EUB, but you just got to keep abreast with everything that's going on because you won't hear this from fake news, from the communist or the CBS news or ABC or NBC. You got to be almost part of Newsmax or, or um, um, Christian stations like Fox and because these issues are not being raised on liberal stations. Liberal stations, I mean, they can't even hardly pronounce the word church. They don't want it, the church to exist. The only time they go to church is for maybe a funeral or a wedding. A lot of their announcers, so, you know, get into that. Uh, maybe in the weeks to come, I'll be elaborating on that as the issues become clearer, but you know, read that, read that, and kind of abreast of those topics. I don't know, George, did you want to say anything along those lines, maybe at the close of the service or something? What's going on? And, I mean, it's, it's hard, it's hard, you know, to grasp all this, you know, whether you're retired or active, a Methodist minister, I mean, it's just phenomenal, the things that are changing. And returning to Scripture here, we have in these verses the history of what what is commonly called this miraculous. And it truly was a miracle, miracle draught of fish. It's, it's a remarkable miracle on two accounts, on two, two accounts. For one thing, it shows how our Lord's, the Lord Jesus Christ's complete dominion over the animal creation. Jesus has a complete control over the animal creation. And I, I thank God for this because, you know, I love pets. I love, I grew up on a farm, you know, and I had a, 
pet horse, a pet cow, a pet pig, you know. By the way, I want to give you a little insight. I talked with a good friend of mine that owns thousands of acres, a number of ranches, a number of meat markets. He told me that the cost of pork is it's gone up, but it's going to go up considerably more. The hoof price, he told me, went up. He, he purchased like a thousand pigs. Purchased at them at, at, at um, 40 cents a pound on the hoof. And just within the next seven days, it went from 40 cents to $1.20. Now that's three times. So I don't know, you know, I'm not... I shouldn't have a lot of pork, but I do like bacon. I mean, just the thought of bacon. You know, they cut up that bacon and they, they, they put it in an omelet at the Osseo. And I think I could, I could, I love, I had the eggs just to have the bacon. That's a plug for the Osseo, Legion Riders. You know, the third Wednesday of each month, you, know, you can't miss event, this event. For one thing, it shows us our Lord's complete dominion over the animals, creation. The fish of the sea are as much obedient, maybe more obedient than you and I, obedient to his will as the frogs and the flies and the lice and the folk locusts and the, the plagues of Egypt. Remember all those plagues in Egypt and the miraculous move of God on the deliverance of the Egyptians, and Pharaoh's time, and Moses' time, all, all his servants and all obey his commands, his commands. Now, if you're following along in your bulletins, you can just put those, um, that bulletin insert, you can, you should have came up. My wife always writes those down. We've got a couple there so far. So far, so, so safe. And you find that draw to fish, obey his commands. How beautiful it would be if you and I obey all the commands of God. For another thing, there's this singularly, singularly solidarity and between the, the miracle worked at the beginning. You remember the beginning? We're studying the beginning of the Lord's ministry. And the another, which we find working after his resurrection. We're going to be getting into that in just a few weeks. How Jesus miraculously appeared, provided a breakfast, a fish, after his resurrection. How it worked at the beginning of our Lord's ministry. And another, which we find Jesus working after his resurrection at the end of his ministry, recorded by John in John, the 21st chapter. Verse 1. In both of these selections, we read, a, we read of this miraculous drought, drought, D-R-A-U-G-H-T, of fishes. In both, the Apostle Peter has a prominent place in the story. In this first story, Peter is being called, much like you and I are being called. In the last story, after Jesus' resurrection, some three years Later, we see him again. And in both there is this deep spiritual lesson. It's a deep, deep, deep spiritual lesson 
lying below the outward surface of the facts that are described here. We should observe in this passage our Lord Jesus Christ's unwearied readiness for every good work. Sometimes, you know, we get a little worried by our good works, but there's going to be a payoff, folks. There's going to be a payday when all of our good deeds and all of our good works are rewarded, and it's all eternity that we can enjoy these rewards. Once more, we find Jesus preaching to a people, a people who pressed upon him to hear the word of God. Let me say that again, pressed upon him to hear the word of God. And where does Jesus preach? Where does he preach? Not in any consecrated building or place for a place of public worship and beauty of all of it, United Methodist Church and the chandeliers and the nice comfortable pews, but in the open air, not in a pulpit that's constructed for a, a preacher's use, but in a fisherman's boat, a fisherman's boat. I used to always inquire on some of my parishioners at Deer River some nearly 40 years ago why they weren't with us on a Sunday morning, and they'd say, oh, we're out fishing. And I, I would always ask them the question, did you catch any fish during that hour of worship you missed on Sunday morning? And they said, oh, we, no, we didn't. And I said, we should have been in church. They were listening to Jesus, and Jesus was preaching in his fisherman's boat in souls. Souls were being, were being fed. Personal inconvenience was allowed no place in Jesus' consideration. God's work must not stand still. The servants of Christ should learn a real lesson from their master's conduct on this occasion. We are not to wait till every little difficulty, as difficult as we were trying to deal with the cameras this morning and the unforeseen events that occur. Before we put our hand to the plow, we put our hand to the plow or we go forth to sow the seed of the word. I spent many a time on a number of tractors plowing for not only my parents but for neighbors, looking back and seeing how straight I plowed the row and, and I learned you, you pick a point ahead of you and you press on towards that point and you, whether you're dealing with a two or three bottom plow or multi-plows and blades, plowshares, convenient buildings, or we go forth to sow the seed in the preparation of the ground, convenient buildings may often be wanting for assembling a company of hearers. Convenient rooms may often not be found for gathering children at worship to school. What then are we to do? Shall we sit still and shall we do nothing? God forbid, if we cannot do all we want, let us do what we can. What we can. Let us work with, with such tools as we have while we are lingering and delaying souls are perishing. 
Oftentimes people ask me what, I'm, what I do for a living and meet strangers, washrooms and counters, cashier counters. That's where we met Mike. I said, you know, with the hairdo the way you are, you must be military or prior military. And Mike gave me the whole story. Invited him to church and never missed a Sunday. And that's, what is that, seven years now? Wow. If we cannot do all that we want, let us do what we can. Let us work with such tools as we have. And while we are lingering in delay, laying individuals are perishing, souls are perishing. And I tell people I'm in the life insurance business. I'm rescuing the perishing, caring for the dying. And I got a hot idea that that's what Reverend George Groves would give his response to. Rescuing the perishing, caring for the dying. It is a slothful heart that is always looking at the hedge of thorns and the lions in the way, according to Proverbs 15, 19 and Proverbs 22, 13. People are always trying to make up excuses. I remember when people would call me in the earlier part of their life and they'd say, Pastor, Pastor, we're not going to be with, with you this Sunday. And I could understand them going for a, you know, a, a church gathering on a, on a weekend when they were going to be gone. And I always wondered what they wanted from me for a response. Where we are and as we are, in season or out of season, by one means or by another, by one tongue by the tongue or by the pen, by speaking or by writing, let us strive to be ever, ever, ever working for God. But let us never, let us never stand still. Earlier in my preparation, I, I was pre-med, and, and even at that time, I was preaching and ministering, and I could not imagine myself as a preacher. I always wanted to be kind of a physician. I got physician scholarships to to move from high school because I never acquired much wealth in my earlier years and my parents couldn't subsidize much and I the only way I was able to succeed was academically and athletically. We should observe secondly in this passage what encouragement, what encouragement our Lord Jesus Christ gives to unquestioning obedience. Unquestioning obedience. We are told that after preaching, after preaching, Jesus bade, called, called. And he says, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for the drought, for the catch. And Jesus receives an answer which exhibits in a striking manner the mind of a good, good servant. Can you imagine Peter saying, Master, oh, Master. Master, Master, says Simon. We have toiled all the night. We have toiled all the night. We have taken nothing. I remember military ex exercises that just for the exercise itself, you had to stay up all night. You had to do 
everything that you had done the previous day without any sleep from the night before. And I often understand what Peter said, we've toiled all the night and we have taken nothing. In his mind, he thought, oh, gee, this is going to be just an exercise of fertility. We've toiled all night, we've taken nothing, but nevertheless, nevertheless at thy word, Jesus, we will let down the net. And what was the reward of this ready compliance? It's a reward that you and I can receive too for our ready compliance. And the ready compliance was with the Lord's commands. At once, we are told, they enclosed. They enclosed this great multitude of fishes, and their net, their net began to break. We need not doubt that, that a practical lesson for all Christians are, is contained under these simple, simple circumstances. We are meant to learn the blessing of ready, unhesitant, unhesitant obedience to every plain command of Christ. The path of duty may sometimes be hard, and the path of duty may be disagreeable. But the wisdom of the course that we propose to follow may not be apparent to the world. But none of these things must move us. We are not to confer with flesh and blood, but how many of us confer with flesh and blood? We are not to go straight, we are to go straight forward when Jesus says go. We are to do the thing boldly, unflinchingly, and decidedly when Jesus says do it. Do it. We are to walk by faith and, and we are not to walk by sight and we are to believe that what we see not now to necessarily be right or reasonable, but we shall go here after. So acting shall never find in us the long run that we are losers. So acting we shall find sooner or later that we reap a, a, a great reward. We should observe thirdly in this passage how much the sense of God's presence abases man, women, boys, and girls, and makes us um, feel our sinfulness. Feel our sinfulness. We see this strikingly illustrated in Peter's words when, when this miraculous drought convinced Peter that one greater, one greater than man was in his boat. And we read that that Peter, that he fell down at Jesus' knees and he, he's saying, he's saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. I am a sinful man, O Lord. Could you say that with me? I am a sinful person. I am a sinful person. In measuring these words of Peter, we, we must, of course, remember the time at which they were spoken. He was, at best, but a babe but a mere babe in Christ and a babe in grace and understanding of what grace was, God's riches at Christ's expense, weak in faith, weak in experience, and weak in knowledge. And at a later period in his life, he would doubtless have said, abide with me, abide with me, abide with me, and do not depart from me. 
But still, after every deduction of this kind, the words of Peter exactly, exactly express the first feelings of a person when they're brought into anything like a close contact with God. Contact with God. The sight of divine greatness and holiness makes one feel strongly their own littleness and their own sinfulness. Like Adam after the fall, his first thought is to hide himself. Hide himself like Israel under Sinai, the language of their heart is, let not God speak with us lest we die. Exodus chapter 20, verse 19. And let us strive to know more and more. Every year we live our need of a mediator between ourselves and, and our God. Let us seek more and more to realize that, that without this mediator, this mediator, our thoughts of God can never be comfortable. And the more clearly we see God, the more uncomfortable we must feel. Above all, let us be thankful that we have in Jesus the very mediator whose help our souls require and that through him we may draw near to God and boldness and cast fear, cast fear away. And out of Christ, God is, 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 is without God or without Christ. God is a consuming fire. But in Christ, he, God is a reconciling father. Without Christ, the strictest moralist may well tremble. And as one looks forward to one's end, it was striking for me a number of years ago when a number of my hunting buddies, one of them spoke up and he said, if you look at your life as a yardstick, and you break it down, we're close to the end. And I thought, what, a, what an illustration. Through Christ, the chief of sinners may approach God with confidence, and we, we feel a perfect peace in Christ. And we shivered lastly, lastly today, before we close in this passage of Scripture, the mighty promise which Jesus holds out to Peter and out to you and I. It's a mighty promise. He says, fear not. Say it with me. Free, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. He says, from henceforth thou shalt catch men and women, boys and girls. That promise, we may well believe, was not intended for Peter only, but for all of the apostles and all of the followers of Christ, and not for all the apostles only, but for all faithful, all faithful Christians, ministers, people of the pulpit and people of the pew, of all gospel who walk in the apostles' steps. It was spoken for their encouragement. It was spoken for their consolation. It was intended to support them under that sense of weakness and unprofitableness by which they are sometimes almost overwhelmed. They certainly have a treasure in earthen vessels, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, because we're, we're all earthly vessels. 
They are men and women, boys and girls of like passions with others. They find their own hearts weak and frail like the hearts of any of their hearers. They are often tempted to give up in despair and to leave off preaching. But here stands a promise. Here stands a promise in which the great head of the church would have them daily learn. He says, fear not, fear not, thou shalt catch men and women, boys and girls. There's very few things that United Methodist Church maybe doesn't allow. You, you got to get your, your license to practice law. You got to get your license to practice medicine. You got to get your license to preach in the Methodist Church or the Catholic Church or the Lutheran Church, maybe the Baptist Church, in order to baptize or have communion. But let us pray daily for all ministers and Christians that they may be the true successors of Peter and his brethren, that they may preach the same full and free gospel which they preached and live the same holy lives which they lived. There are many ministers and Christians who will ever prove to be successful fishermen. To some of them, God may give more honor and, and to others, less. I'm sure Pastor George and I, as we went through life and we encountered various Christian ministers, they, they looked at it as kind of an, almost a vocation, something that they did between eight and four, more as a vocation than a calling. But you and I are called to a 24-7 as Christians. We are called to be true, we are called to be faithful. Preachers and teachers of the gospel have a right to believe that our labors will not prove to be in vain, in vain. They may often preach the word with many tears and, and see no results of their labors, but God's word shall not return void according to Isaiah. The last days shall show that, that no work of God, no work of God was ever thrown away. Are you investing in heaven in your time, in your talents, in your treasures, your finances? What kind of home are you building in heaven? What kind of time and talents and treasures are you sending ahead? The last days shall show that no work for God was ever thrown away, that every faithful fisherman fisher person, shall find their master's words made good. Thou shalt catch. Thou shalt catch. And Jesus calls. Father, this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, and we thank you for the privilege of coming into many homes by way of television and radio and Facebook and YouTube. We thank you for the many hearts that are touched by the faithfulness of, of a few here getting the word out and getting in the word in the, the homes and the hearts of families and the deterioration that we, we see in our society because of unrighteousness and the prevalence of unrighteousness. We pray for our law enforcement. If everybody could spend a minute or an hour or a day in the 
the shoes of officers and the decisions that they have to make. We pray for our officers. We pray for our military. We pray for those, Lord, that are trying to protect us. Help us not to be critical, but help us to be people of prayer and people of praise and thank those who are in service to God and country. And may we pray together, dear Jesus, bless our law enforcement, bless our military, bless those who hold up authority and righteousness. Forgive us our sins of failure and criticism. Come into our hearts and lives. May we hear your call. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would be so kind to turn in your bulletins to our offertory prayer and let us pray together as the ushers come forward this morning for your tithes and your offerings. Let us join in our prayers. Gracious and merciful God, we offer our gifts to you this day and open hands and open hearts. We know that there have been days we have clung to money for our security to try to control our future. At times, we've been tempted to believe that in gaining more, we would find salvation. Open our ears and our minds to hear the truth from your Apostle Paul. We need only hold firmly to the good news of Christ's death and resurrection. It alone will save us. In the holy name of Jesus, our Redeemer, we pray. Amen. It's a great honor and a privilege to honor our wonderful Chris Larson. And how many years is it? Is it 65 now or more? 77. The guy can out run and outbeat those 60-year-olds. But we've chosen this number to honor God and the birthday of Chris Larson. Jesus calls us. Purple number 398. You know, Clarissa had chosen this hymn even before I had titled my sermon, and I didn't know if she was choosing this hymn, but Jesus Calls. Purple hymn now, number 398, please.
Would you stand for the amendment, simply? God who has created us and called us as we gathered to worship you we are conscious that we are all one body in Christ and when one part of the body is hurting the whole body is wounded when healing happens the whole body is blessed may our giving this morning bring love to the parts of Christ's body that are feeling unloved and forgotten and may it bring justice and mercy and peace to those parts that are oppressed and burdened in our giving, may we find the joy of the Lord and the joy of blessing the whole body of Christ. In his holy name we pray. Amen. If there's any announcements, you'll want to come to the mic and share them. So hopefully that they're publicly. And do um, keep in prayer the February prayer of patience. Take that home and, and pray for what's going on in the Methodist Church. And tomorrow we'll... We'll be confessing our impatience and all that is in us that would run ahead of God and pray for faith to trust the timing of God and, and in making plans for what the Methodist Church is facing in the future. Chris, you were, you were sharing with me. Did you want to make a correction? Let's give. You make sure you, her absence was a big crater, big emptiness. See that she gets a bulletin, will you? Any other announcements? Or, okay, Robin had one, and then is it men before women or women before men, Mike? <laughs> the announcement I want to make is this. You guys are hearing a lot about a trucker convoy. Just pray for the safety because every one of those truckers, every one of those ranchers, they're fighting for you. And right now, we are in a battle of a lifetime. And what side are you gonna choose? Are you gonna choose freedom with the Lord? Or are you gonna choose to get in the boxcar? Because this is where we're at, not as a nation, as a world. It started in North America, and now we are worldwide. So just pray that these, these truckers and ranchers will do what they can to fight freedom and tyranny. Thank you. I used to, I used to drive a truck during the summer months before I, um, during the summer sessions in college, and that is quite a responsibility. You know, Chris, you drive a truck too, didn't you? Never drove a truck? I mean, as, as long as it was going forward, I, I had no problems, but if I missed a turnoff or something, I remember, oh my goodness, 
you know, and then try to take an exit or try to back it up. And I mean, those guys, they're just phenomenal. We pray for them. Mike, you had an announcement? You want to bring us up to speed on Tina's condition too, would you? Yes, well, what I wanted to mention was, uh, I'm going to refer back to Scripture. Now, Jesus was in a boat with fishermen. They were there to fish. They went on a way, got the boat, the fish. And what did they do first before they fish? They, they worship and praise God in Jesus' name. And that's a, just a reminder for all of us. When we go our business, when we have to go to work, we have to do this or that at home, we shall always stop and thank Jesus for ability to do what we're going to do. And as long as we have to do it. Thank you, Jesus. And Thank you. 